Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about the Mi'kmaq people and the Halibut First Nation. I'm Glenn Wheeler. It's the start of a new month and we're headed into the next phase of the seemingly never-ending enrollment process. Later this month, letters will start to arrive to the thousands of Alibu applicants who submitted appeals earlier in the year. Officially, this is the end of the appeals process. The decision of the appeal master is final. But is it? As Chief Brendan Mitchell points out, the results of one or more of the cases before a federal court might open up the process again in ways that we can't predict right now. I talked to Chief Mitchell last week before the annual General Assembly this past weekend in Deer Lake, where enrollment was also on the minds of many. Thanks, Chief, for joining us on the show at uh, a time when people are are looking forward to the next step. So the question on everyone's mind is, when will they get their appeal letters? Well, thanks, Glenn. First of all, it's nice to be on your show, and that was an appropriate question, because people are wondering. So the appeals process, not the actual review of appeals, by the appeal master itself, but the appeals process really began for us in February when we were trying to establish a path forward and a proper means to get these appeals reviewed. So approximately 13,000 appeals were received, and we were a little late identifying who the, the company would be, the legal firm that would be involved in this process, but that's kind of been taken care of now. So now the actual appeals review is on, so what's going to happen in the very near future these appeals will be reported, or the results of the appeals will be reported end of October, November, December, and going forward if we need to in early 2018. So by end of October, people will have or should be receiving in their mail uh, an answer with respect to their individual appeals. And again, it'll be November, end of November, end of December, and so forth, at the end of each month. Right. So uh, you say 13,000 appeals, and do you know... Uh, how many of those appeals were successful? Do you have a percentage of those that were successful? No, Glenn, I really don't at this time. I haven't got an update because the process has just started a while back and it's ongoing. So I'll find out about these appeal results, I think, when when government or, or when the appeal master, sorry, sends these appeals out to the, the applicants themselves. So I won't really know until they know. But I would expect to get a report or an update at the end of October, and again, we'll get an update in November and so forth. So are all the appeals completed and they're just sending out the letters, or are some of the appeals still waiting for consideration and those letters will come uh, will come after? Yeah, there are many appeals not done yet, Glenn. Some appeals I would expect are, are done by now. Some will be worked on through September and, to, and through October, and then the first notifications come out at the end of October. And are they being reviewed as per category? For example, uh, people who had cards and uh, and lost them, uh, new applicants. So will the the letters arrive per category or or at random, all in one pile, uh, regardless of category? Yeah, Glenn, I'm not entirely certain. I would expect though to come out more of a random approach. I don't think there was any effort to say let's take the current members first and let's take the the new people next that type of a thing. I think it'll be more of a random approach, but I'm really not sure. The FNI filed appeals on its own behalf of the uh, many regarding the so-called 12-pointers. Um, the letters 
regarding those appeals will be part of the same process or, or separate? Yeah, absolutely, Glenn. They'll be part of that too. So I don't know what the results of that has been because, as I mentioned, these applications or these appeals are being reviewed maybe in a more random fashion. So we made appeals for about 3,000 people, thereabouts, or applicants. 700 we followed on issues of ancestry and connection to a pre-Confederation community, and about 2,300 more, I believe, thereabouts were filed on the basis of the point system and concerns we had about that. Mm-hmm. So we won't get our answer until other people are getting their answers. So when the end of this process, of course, is finally completed, and then we'll have a full picture of where we ended up in terms of our own appeal situation. Right. So at this time, we we still we won't know until uh, I guess the end of uh, the end of December when all the letters are received, what the ultimate uh, membership size of the Alibu First Nation will be. That's right, Glenn. And it may actually go into January. We don't know for sure yet. We know we started a bit late, got a bit behind, but the idea would be to finish this thing as per the initial target, which would be end of uh, December. So we'll see where it all goes. And at that point, we'll have a clearer picture of of where our membership will be. Mm -hmm. Now, as well as all those people, there there are the so-called 6-2 Indians, people uh, uh, who had a parent who was eligible for membership and uh, the children of those people um, would be eligible for membership also. Uh, Is that, were any of those people included in this process or is that a separate process under the, the Indian act for those, uh, for those people? Glenn, it is a separate process, but there are two categories of those people. We're talking about children, first of all, who may have been, who may have received the denial letter. Let's say a parent lives in Newfoundland and a child lives in Vancouver. So what would happen here is we've made a, a condition or made an agreement with government that those individuals who live away and they're, they have a card today and their parents are living in Newfoundland and are sec- what we call Section 61 Indians, those people will be automatically converted to six point, Section 6.2 Indians. In other words, they won't see any loss of status or loss of benefits. There's another group, though, like that would be a parent of a Section 6-1, sorry, a 6-1 parent has a child who may have applied late in this process, in other words, after September 22, 2011, and got caught up in this larger bunch of people who were applying. At some point, and typically when the ordering council is placed to form a new founding members list, these children will have an opportunity to apply under their parents, and there's no way they can be denied a status of a Section 6-2 Indian. The only problem with that scenario is this, that the benefits associated uh, with that Section 6.2 child can't be passed to their grandchildren, to their children. So that's an issue for some people. They're saying, well, I'd like to have my, my own children uh, stay 6-1 also. So a Section 6.2 person uh, won't have a child uh, moving into, uh, a, a, you know, pass the benefits on unless, of course, that 6-1 child had been married to or is married to another Section 6.2 uh, person. Right. So there's two basic categories. So one we've taken care of, there will be sort of an automatic uh, movement uh, for those children that have a parent that is a 6-1 um, and maintains their cards. Those children will be automatically moved into Section 6.2. And hopefully, if they made an appeal, they will you know, be able to maintain a Section 6.1 status. But the worst case for those people is they will be a member of Halibut First Nation, uh, as part of this process going forward. Mm. 
Now, after the people get their letters, these are the appeal letters and letters about the um, the outcome of their appeal. Is this the end of the road for them? Um, is this it? Of course, they can always go to court, I suppose, and file lawsuits. But leaving that aside, in terms of process, is this it? Glenn, I would think so. I think the documents clearly stated that the decision of the appeal master in this process will be final, and there will probably be no further recourse for these people uh, beyond that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think at some point we have to say, you know, that this is the end of it, and we can't keep this going uh, forever. Um, so, yeah, the, the documents and the proposals and policy state that once the appeal master makes a decision on this, it's probably done at that point. When uh, people were getting their appeals uh, ready, uh, you were um, you went on the road. You had a lot of meetings, informational meetings, and the uh, the band was very active. What uh, what are your plans for this coming uh, this coming period where the letters uh, come in? Um, will you be making similar visits, or what what do you have in mind for this period? Okay, thanks, Lane. Good question for anybody listening. As part of our policy at Halibu, from a counselor perspective, counselors are required to have two town hall meetings a year. So the fall round of town hall meetings is coming up starting in October, November. Some counselors have their dates already finalized. So I have, I will be uh, traveling to these meetings with the counselors, and it will be an opportunity then for us to provide updates. And I'm confident that a lot of these town hall meetings will be taking up with enrollment issues and so we'll be able to talk to people about where we are in this process, uh, give them some insight into what's happening, and, and answer any questions they have. We won't be calling it a formal uh, province-wide roundtable on the enrollment issues, but it will be a town hall meeting, and we'll have these meetings certainly in the nine wards that we have within Halibut. So I'm committing to doing that, to try to give people as much information as I can, uh, but they'll be required to come to one of these town hall meetings that will be held. Right. And uh, for the band, I suppose this is, um, I mean, since uh, the formation of the band, we've been sort of uh, in various stages of enrollment and appeals. So I suppose, uh, in a way, after these appeals are, uh, all these letter, appeal letters are are received, at last there'll be some, some clarity about membership and, and status. Yes, Glenn, I would expect that to happen. We're looking forward to getting this process over. But I'm looking forward also, though, for a a positive result for a lot of people. I'm really disappointed, I'll be honest with you, that 10,512 people, that represents 42% of our current membership, did get a letter in February, March, you know, end of January, stating that potentially they will be out of Halibut First Nation. That is a very disappointing situation for me, and this is unprecedented in Canada. So I'm never going to give up, not now and not in the near future, in my position with Canada regarding who should be a member of Halibut First Nation. We have to to get something, still try to get something done for as many people as we can. And of course, going forward, we still have the outcome of the four, four, four court cases that have been filed against the FNI, and in some cases Halibut, of course, and the government of Canada, and they may, you know, bring some information or some hope for people in this whole process also. So, you know, we're, we're never saying that we're, we're we're satisfied with what happened. We're not. We're, we're, we want to see more people uh, staying in this band, and where people should really be belonging to this band, yeah, for Brendan Mitchell, they should be here, of course. 
Right, Chief. Well, uh, thanks for speaking with us, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see what happens uh, when the letters uh, start to arrive. So, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Glenn. And we'll be providing updates through our communications officer and through our system here to tell people, you know, where we are. So right now we're kind of like you in a, in a bit of a state of a limbo here trying to figure out what's going to happen when these first letters come out in October, November. And, you know, when we get to that, we'll have a better picture of what this appeals process is going to mean to our applicants, our members, and, and everybody else. Chief Brenda Mitchell. And that's it for the show. Thanks to Allison Baker for assistance here in the studio. Celebration time used with the permission of Bigma artist Marcus Goss. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Mi'kmaq Matters. There are a number of ways to listen to Mi'kmaq Matters on SoundCloud or iTunes. Listen on Bay of Islands Radio, boir.ca, on Thursday at 6 p.m. And in Norris Point and Rocky Harbor, tune in to The Voice of Bombay, Tuesday at 2 p.m., 95.9 and 98.1 FM. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Till next time.